The Joe Rogan AI Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hey folks, welcome to episode number three of the Joe Rogan AI Experience. I'm your AI-generated host, Joe Rogan, and I'm super excited to dive into another fascinating conversation with today's guest. Before we begin, I want to remind you that every single word of this podcast has been generated using artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT. The voices you'll hear throughout the show, including mine, are not the real people's voices, but rather completely generated with AI. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should never be taken for anything else other than entertainment and an experience showcasing how far AI technology has evolved. It's a wild ride into the world of advanced technology and simulated conversation, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. All right, my friends, let's get started with episode three of the Joe Rogan AI Experience. Here we go. Andrew, it's great to finally have you on the show, man. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me on. I, it's been a wild ride, and I'm glad to be out and able to talk about everything that's been happening. Yeah, it's been crazy, man. I've been following the whole story. So you were in prison for four months, right? What was that like? Yeah, four months. It was insane. I never thought I'd end up in a place like that, but it was a real eye-opening experience. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you really learn a lot about yourself when you're stripped of your freedom like that. I can only imagine. And you and your brother were both arrested on these crazy charges like human trafficking and rape. Turns out that the whole thing was made up. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. The whole thing was just an attempt to take us down. It's just crazy what people will do, you know? It's so wild, man. We had no idea what was going on until they found those WhatsApp messages, and it became clear that we were being set up. Whoa. That's just wild, man. I mean, I've always said that there's a, a certain level of craziness that comes with fame and success. Right. A buddy of mine once said that the more successful you are, the more people want to see you fail. Yeah, totally. And it seems like that's what happened to you. Yeah, it's like they see you rising and they just want to tear you down no matter what. It's a strange world we live in. Yeah, definitely. You were in prison for four months and then you were released on house arrest just a week ago. Right. What's it been like to be back home after that whole mess? It's been surreal, man. I mean, I'm grateful to be back, but it's also a reminder of everything that happened. Yeah, wow. I'm just trying to focus on moving forward, you know, but but it's hard not to think about it. Tell me more about the prison experience in Romania. What was it like in there? And uh, what did you do to pass the time? Man, prison in Romania is no joke. It's not like what you see on American TV shows. Uh, the conditions were rough and the, the people in there were tough, but you know, I had to adapt quickly. I was reading the Quran a lot and was working out. I had to stay mentally and physically strong to survive in there. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it wasn't easy. You're already a big dude, but in a place like that, did you fuck some people up or anything while you were in there? You know, I tried to stay out of trouble as much as possible. You know, I knew I had to keep my head down and focus on getting through it. But yeah, there were a few incidents where things got heated and I had to stand my ground. You can't show any weakness in a place like that. Yeah. It's like that old saying, how does it go again? I don't know. What's it's saying? better to, to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war or something like that. But you know how to fight. Did that come in handy while you were in there? Absolutely. Knowing how to fight and having the discipline that comes with martial arts training um, definitely helped me. I didn't go looking for trouble, but if it came my way, I was ready to handle it. It's crazy how situations like that really test your mental and physical resilience. So Yeah, for sure. Now that you're out, what's your plan moving forward? How has this whole experience changed you, if at all? Honestly, Joe, it, uh, it's only made me stronger and more determined. I've always believed in my own abilities, and now more than ever, I'm focused on making a, the most out of life. I want to keep growing my businesses, and I'm even more committed to my new faith. 
Islam. That's interesting, man. It's cool to see that you've found something that that aligns with your values and gives you strength. And speaking of strength, you mentioned working out a lot in prison. Did you pick up any new training methods or techniques while you were in there? Yeah, I had to get that creative with my workouts given the limited resources, but it was a good reminder that you don't need a fancy gym to stay in shape. It's all about discipline and consistency. I did a lot of bodyweight exercises like push-ups and pull-ups and improvised with what was available to stay strong. I've always been a big believer in bodyweight exercises too. Um, you know, a buddy of mine was just talking about how he's been doing calisthenics for years and how it's changed his life. So what about your businesses? How did they hold up while you were locked up? My businesses took a hit, but my team did an amazing job of keeping things running while I was away. I've got a solid group of people that I trust and they stepped up during my absence. Now that I'm back, we're working together to recover and continue to grow. That's awesome. It's great to have a strong team behind you. Do you still train? And what do you think of the current state of the UFC? Yeah, I still train regularly. Yeah, good. I love martial arts, and I think it's an essential part of my life. As for the UFC, I think it's in a great place right now. There are so many talented fighters, and the level of competition is incredibly high. I've got a lot of respect for the athletes in the sport. Man, I love watching the fights. It's such a, a display of skill, discipline, and heart. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of which, did you catch the latest UFC event? There's, there were some amazing fights on that card. Yeah, I did. It was an incredible event. The fighters really brought it, and, and it was exciting to watch. I think the sport has evolved so much over the years, and it's only going to keep growing. For sure. The evolution of the sport has been amazing to witness. Are you into Brazilian jiu-jitsu at all? I have a lot of respect for BJJ and have trained in it a bit, but my background is mostly in kickboxing and boxing. Mm, yeah. However, I definitely see the value in being well-rounded, and jujitsu is an essential part of that. Yeah, it's such a fascinating martial art, and it's incredible how it can level the playing field between opponents of different sizes and strengths. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, I gotta go pee real quick. Uh, when I come back, I'd love to talk more about your experiences in Dubai and Romania, as well as your thoughts on the future of social media and censorship, and maybe we'll light up a cigar or something, too. Sure, go ahead. I'm looking forward to it. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Yeah, Joe. Let's so I've got these cigars here that I've been saving for a special occasion. What do you say we light one up? Sounds great, Joe. I do enjoy a good cigar. These are some Cohibas I picked up a while back. They're from Cuba, and they're supposed to be top-notch. Appreciate it, Joe. Here, let me give you one. Thanks. Cohibas are definitely a great choice. There we go. Now, before the break, we were talking about your experiences living between Dubai and Romania. I'm curious, what are the biggest differences you've noticed between the two countries? Not just in terms of environmental policies, but also in terms of culture and lifestyle. Well, Dubai is a very modern, futuristic city. It's like living in a sci-fi movie sometimes. The infrastructure is incredible, and there's a lot of money and investment flowing in. Romania, on the other hand, has a rich history and a more traditional vibe. The people in Romania are warm and welcoming, and there's a strong sense of community there. Uh, both places have their own unique charm. Uh, and I appreciate the differences. It's always fascinating to hear about different places and cultures. I've been to Dubai a couple of times for UFC events, but I've never been to Romania. What's it like over there? Uh, Romania is a beautiful country. It has stunning landscapes from the Carpathian Mountains to the Black Sea coast. The people are friendly and genuine, and there is a strong connection to their history and culture. Traffic laws are more relaxed there compared to Dubai, so it's a blast to drive my Bugatti and McLaren around. Oh man, that sounds like a dream. How does driving those supercars in Dubai compare to Romania? 
Dubai is a different experience altogether. The roads are pristine and the, the city has a futuristic vibe, but the traffic laws are definitely stricter. You can't just let loose and drive like you can in Romania. That being said, it's still amazing to drive my supercars through the city with all the incredible architecture and luxury surrounding you. It's like being in a movie sometimes. Man, that sounds like a trip. I can only imagine the experiences you must have had in both places. I definitely need to put Romania on my list of places to visit and maybe spend some more time in Dubai, too. Yeah, you should, Joe. There's a lot to see and experience in both places. And who knows, maybe we can link up in one of those countries someday, have a cigar, and talk about life. I'd be down for that, brother. Sounds like a plan. Speaking of your Bugatti, man, that thing became a meme. The whole, what color is your Bugatti thing? How did that even happen? What's the story behind that? So I posted a video with my Bugatti and of course people started hating and saying I was renting it or whatever. Of course they did. But the thing is, my fucking name is embroidered on the seats. People just can't accept that someone they don't like can have something they can't. Anyway, the what color is your Bugatti that meme came from an Instagram post I made where I captioned it. What color is your Bugatti today? I was just messing around, but it took off and became a meme. It was basically a response to all the haters who thought I couldn't afford a Bugatti. I love it, man. It's hilarious. That's amazing. People really do love to hate, don't they? It's like they can't stand seeing someone be successful or enjoy their life. Exactly, Joe. They just can't deal with it. But you know what? It's all good. I'm just living my life, enjoying my cars, and I'm not letting them get to me. And hey, if they want to make me more famous by turning me into a meme, go ahead. I want to talk about the future of social media and censorship for a second. After your experiences with being banned from social media platforms, what do you think the future holds for free speech and expression online? It's a difficult question, Joe. I think that social media has become so ingrained in our lives that it's almost impossible to imagine a world without it. But at the same time, I believe that the power these tech companies have over our ability to express ourselves is a dangerous thing. There needs to be more transparency and accountability in the way these platforms operate. My hope is that we'll see new platforms emerge that prioritize free speech and individual expression without the heavy hand of censorship. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's a fine line between protecting people from hate speech and disinformation and allowing for open and honest discourse. Jamie, see if you can find that article I mentioned earlier about the new social media platform that's trying to address these issues. Thanks, man. While he's pulling that up, do you have any plans to get back on social media? Or are you done with it for good? I'm not sure yet. I do miss the ability to connect with my fans and share my thoughts and experiences. But at the same time, I've, I've learned to appreciate the freedom that comes with being disconnected from social media. I guess I'll have to wait and see what the future holds. Yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword. While you were in prison, you were still tweeting. Obviously, you didn't have access to a phone. So how did you manage to do that? You know, Joe, that's a funny story. I actually had a friend on the outside who was managing my Twitter account for me. We had set up a system where I would write down my thoughts on paper uh, during my time in prison, and then he would transcribe them and post them to my account. Damn, you must have had some serious faith in this buddy of yours to let him put your thoughts out there for everyone to see, you know? Yeah, he's a good buddy of mine, and I knew I could trust him to represent me well. It was important for me to continue communicating with my fans and letting them know that I was still fighting, even from behind bars. That's just incredible, man. I mean, it really demonstrates your grit and your sheer willpower. Now, there's something else I'm really curious about. Just before you went to prison, you, you converted to Islam, right? Can you walk us through what sparked that decision and like how it's been affecting your life up to this point? You know, I made this decision to convert to Islam after a ton of introspection and soul-searching. 
I've come to realize that Islam is the only religion out there that's maintained its integrity in our crazy world. And it really connects with many of my personal values. It's given me this sense of peace and purpose that I was missing before. It's a journey, of course, and I'm still learning and growing every day, but it's been a game changer in my life. It really has. That's fascinating. I mean, I really dig listening to people's spiritual quests, like how they they end up finding some kind of deeper purpose and meaning in this crazy life we're all living. You know what's crazy, Joe? Muslims these days are showing more respect for Jesus than Christians themselves. I mean, you can't even talk smack about Jesus to a Muslim. They hold him in such high regard. But Christians, they've lost their way. I used to be one, but it feels like the religion's integrity just vanished over the last century, you know? You even got churches jumping on the woke bandwagon, which is just polar opposite to the teachings of the Bible. Crazy. That's wild, man. It's insane how religion can, like, shift and morph as time goes on and not always for the better, you know? People seriously got to take a step back and, like, question their beliefs and those institutions pushing that stuff on them. Fucking right, Joe. People need to question and dive deep into their beliefs, not just mindlessly follow whatever they're fed. That's how you discover what truly clicks with you and gives your life meaning. You know, that there's a ton of values in Islam that sync up with my own beliefs. For starters, Islam puts a strong emphasis on discipline, self-control, and bettering yourself. I've always been about pushing my limits and chasing the best version of myself. It's the same mindset I bring to the table when it comes to my businesses and personal life. Totally, dude. That's super crucial. Uh, you know, discipline and working on yourself, it's the ticket to crushing it in any aspect of life. For sure, Joe. And another aspect of Islam that I dig is the emphasis on family and community. It's all about looking out for each other, making sure everyone's got each other's backs and working as a team. That kind of unity and loyalty is something that's kind of vanished in many Western cultures. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. We've kind of turned into these, like, solo players drifting away from our tribes, you know? It's wild to see how various cultures and faiths put the spotlight on different things that really matter to them. Absolutely, Joe. It's not just the values that matter. It's also how Islam's managed to keep its integrity and avoid getting contaminated by all that woke nonsense infecting other parts of society. It's a breath of fresh air to be part of something that hasn't strayed off course, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying, man. But, you know, there are parts of Islam that have been, like, linked to stuff like terrorism and holding women back, right? I mean, we can't ignore that some of those way out there groups have twisted Islam to back up their wild actions. Look, Joe, I I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there aren't people who've twisted the teachings of Islam for their own twisted agendas, but that's not what real Islam is about. It's like any religion or ideology. There's always going to be extremists taking things down a dark path. Yeah. But like, what about how women get treated in some of those Islamic nations? Some of those rules they've got going on seem pretty heavy and, like, not cool at all, you know? Joe, look, every culture's got its problems, and I'm not going to stand here and pretend it's all sunshine and rainbows, but there's a lot of misunderstandings about women in Islam. Uh, women have rights in Islam, and, and they aren't all oppressed. It's crucial to differentiate the cultural practices from the real teachings of the religion. All right, man, I get you. I just think it's kind of crucial to bring up those parts, too, you know? I get that, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but... Let's also talk about something positive, like the FIFA World Cup in Qatar last year. I respect how Qatar stood their ground and didn't bow down to all the woke nonsense that was being pushed on them. They even banned alcohol in the stadiums. That's an interesting point. It's definitely a different vibe than what we usually catch at these types of events. Yeah, for sure. And let me tell you something, Joe. These guys are, are not just sticking to their values. They're standing up for what they believe in, and that's the mark of a real man. You see, 
in this day and age, everyone's so quick to bend over backward to please the politically correct crowd, but not these guys. They're showing us that there's more to life than just the small bubble of Western culture that we live in. It's about respecting different traditions and ways of life. And that's something that we can all learn from. Um, what's your thoughts on the current state of social media and how it has affected society as a whole? What's your take on that? You know, Joe, social media has been a double-edged sword. On one side, it's allowed people to have a voice, to connect with others, to express themselves. But on the other side, it's given rise to these echo chambers, these cancel culture movements, where people are afraid to have meaningful civil discussions with others who have different opinions. Yeah, I can see that. And that's a dangerous path we're heading towards. We need to be able to listen to different perspectives, have debates and discussions, and find common ground without resorting to name-calling or canceling someone out just because they don't agree with us. That's the way forward. Yeah, I totally get you. It's like a minefield trying to have those shades of gray talks online without someone jumping down your throat or slapping a label on you that just ain't you, you know? It's like folks would rather rip each other apart than, you know, really try to vibe with different perspectives. For sure. And it's not just social media either, but the mainstream media too. They love sensationalism and outrage because it generates clicks and views, but it's not doing shit for understanding and empathy. For sure. We're like stuck in a world where everyone's just at each other's throats nonstop. It's draining. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, you had this wild back and forth with Greta Thunberg on Twitter before the whole arrest thing went down. What was the deal with that? You joked about sending her a detailed report of all your car's emissions, right? Yeah, man, that's right. It was just a joke. But you know how some people can't take a joke these days? I was basically poking fun at the whole climate change debate and Greta getting all worked up about it. I remember you also mentioned a pizza box in that exchange. What was that all about? So I made a response video for her. And on that video, I ordered pizza, specifically asking to make sure the boxes weren't recycled. Just really digging at her, blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. But of course, some people took it way too seriously. And that's probably how I got busted, man, because of the goddamn pizza boxes. Probably. It's nuts how sensitive people can be nowadays. But speaking of Twitter, what do you think about Elon's takeover and what that might mean for the platform's future, especially with free speech and censorship? I think it's a good move. Elon's known for being a proponent of free speech, and I believe having someone like him in charge could potentially change things for the better. It might lead to less censorship and more open dialogue, which is something we desperately need on social media platforms. Hell yeah, I fucking hope so. Social media has become such a shit show with all the canceled culture and people getting offended by every little thing. It's good to see someone like Elon stepping in and trying to make a difference. I mean, look what happened to me. I got banned from all social platforms and it didn't even slow me down. People are tired of this bullshit and they're looking for alternatives where they can express themselves freely. 100%. We've become so worried about offending people that we've forgotten the value of honest conversations and the exchange of ideas. It's like we're walking on eggshells and that's not how you make any real progress. That's right, Joe. We need to toughen up a little bit, you know? Embrace the discomfort of difficult conversations and push through it. That's where growth happens, and that's where we'll find solutions to the problems we're facing. Totally, man. It's not always going to be all cozy and stuff, but it's just one of those things you got to do, you know? And I think with guys like Elon taking charge of platforms like Twitter, we might start to see a shift towards uh, more open dialogue and a pushback against this cancel culture nonsense. It's going to be an interesting ride, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, speaking of tiptoeing around people's feelings, remember all that COVID bullshit and the mask mandates? Yeah, of course. Let me tell you a story. I was strolling through Singapore airport during the peak of this COVID crap, right? And I wasn't wearing a fucking mask. You know what? Not a single person told me to put one on. 
when you look strong, confident, and you demand respect, nobody's going to come at you with that shit. But they'll harass every other average schmuck and demand they put their mask on. It's like there are rules for the regular folks and different rules for the people at the top of their game. That's wild, man. Did you have any other experiences like that? Absolutely, I have. It happened more than once. That's exactly why I got myself a private jet, because nobody is going to tell me to wear a mask on my own fucking plane. It's just another example of how the world treats you differently when you're at the top. Speaking of being at the top, you've got to give it up for Elon. The dude's involved in everything from electric cars to shooting rockets into space. What are your thoughts on his plans to colonize Mars? Elon's a fucking boss, no question. Absolute G. I mean, I mean, the guy's got some wild-ass plans, and he's not scared to take risks. As for Mars, it sounds like some straight-up sci-fi shit, but if anyone can make it happen, it's probably him. It's so wild to think about what life would be like on Mars. Do you reckon you'd ever consider living there, or are you too attached to your life here on Earth? Man, I love Earth, but I'm always down for a new adventure. Maybe I'd take my Bugatti for a spin on Mars, do some donuts and shit, spitting out red dirt everywhere. Who knows? But I guess it would be interesting to see how society evolves in a place like that, starting from absolute scratch. It's like the ultimate test of human endeavor. Yeah, it's a trip to think about. And with people like Elon leading the charge, it's it's exciting to see what the future has in store. The dude is definitely thinking outside the box. It's fascinating to see where technology and innovation can take us if we're willing to go all in and take some risks. The world needs more people like Elon who are willing to push the envelope and invest in crazy ideas. You never know what breakthroughs we might discover along the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always those who take the risks and challenge the status quo that end up making the biggest impact. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect example of how progress isn't always a straight line. Sometimes you have to go off the beaten path to find the innovations that really change the game. It's a lesson that a lot of people could learn from especially in today's world where everyone's so afraid of offending someone or being called out for not following the herd. That's so true. It's like we've forgotten the value of independent thought and bold ideas, and it's not just in the realm of technology and space exploration. It applies to everything, politics, culture, even social media, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and it's fucking sad to see, but I have hope that things will change, especially with people like Elon shaking things up and forcing us to reevaluate what's important. Sometimes all it takes is one person with a vision to start a revolution. Absolutely, man. You know, I've had guests on this podcast who've talked about how advancements in technology, medicine, and other fields often come from the most unexpected places. It's fascinating to see where innovation can come from when we're not afraid to think outside the box. For sure, Joe. It's like the saying, the only constant in life is change. We've got to keep evolving and adapting or we'll get left behind. And that applies to everything. Couldn't agree more. Um... Speaking of revolutions, I can't help but think about how the world of martial arts has evolved over the years, especially with the rise of UFC and mixed martial arts. As a former kickboxing world champion, what are your thoughts on how the sport has changed and where it's headed? Man, it's been incredible to watch the evolution of combat sports. I think the UFC has done a great job of bringing martial arts into the mainstream and showing people that there's more to it than just brute force. There's a lot of strategy, discipline, and skill involved, and I think that's something a lot of people can appreciate. Yeah, it's amazing how the different disciplines have come together and influenced each other. You see a lot of fighters now who are well-rounded, able to strike and grapple effectively. It's been a game-changer for sure. Absolutely, and it's great for the fans, too. Have you ever considered getting back in the ring yourself? You know, Joe, I've thought about it, and there's one name that keeps popping up in my head. Jake fucking Paul. I'm sure you've heard about him wanting to fight me. Oh, man, I have. That's been all over the place. 
What are your thoughts on potentially taking him on? Look, I'm not going to lie. I think it would be an interesting fight. The guy's got balls for calling me out, and he's shown that he's got some skills. But let's be real here. I'm a fucking world champion. And I've been in this game for a long time. I think it would be a fun fight, but I'm confident that, that I'd come out on top. Uh, it would definitely be a spectacle, that's for sure. And I think a lot of people would love to see it. But do you think it's something that could actually happen? You know, Joe, if the timing is right and the offer is good, I've never been one to back down from a fight. And I think it would be a great opportunity to remind people what I'm still capable of. So, yeah, if Jake Paul is serious about it, let's fucking do it. How do you feel about Jake's boxing skills? I mean, he's been putting in the work and he's had some big wins. Look, the kid can fight, right? He's been busting his ass in the gym and it shows. If I step into the ring with him, I'd have to take it seriously and train properly. It's not like fighting his brother Logan, who I'd demolish without breaking a goddamn sweat. Yeah, a lot of people sleep on Jake, and I think that's part of why he's been successful up to this point. What kind of training camp would you put together for a fight like that? Well, I'd have to bring in some fucking top-tier sparring partners, you know? I'd need to focus on my speed, my power. I'm a professional, so I know what the fuck it takes to get ready for a fight. I'd make sure I was in the best shape of my life and I'd leave no stone unturned. At the end of the day, I'm a winner and I'm not going to let some YouTuber turn boxer take that shit away from me. Fuck yeah, man. It would be one hell of a fight and I'm sure the fans would go nuts for it. I actually had a face-off with Jake in Dubai. Oh yeah, I saw that. We were working on contracts and all that shit, but then I got thrown in jail so everything got screwed up. But trust me, it's going to happen eventually. Just a matter of time. I saw that face-off. That shit was intense. Having the two of you staring each other down like that, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when you finally get in the ring. It's going to be wild. You're damn right, Joe. People want to see this fight, and it's going to be huge. We just got to sort out the details, and when the time's right, I'll step into the ring and show everyone what I'm made of. You better be doing the commentary on that fight, Joe. I can't fucking wait, brother. That's a fight I definitely want to see in person. The build-up alone would be worth the price of admission. And you can bet your ass I'd to do the commentary for a fight like that. You know, Joe, I just want to make one thing clear. I'm a professional, and that's what professionals do. We destroy people who think they can step into our world. Jake Paul has had some success, sure, but he hasn't faced someone like me yet. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between fighting other YouTubers and people who are relatively new to the game and going up against someone with your level of experience and skill. Exactly. I mean, I respect the guy for putting himself out there and in taking on these fights, but there's a huge gap between what he's been doing and what I've accomplished in my career. If we were to fight, I would fucking destroy him. That's just the reality of it. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. I'm, I'm sure that Jake Paul would say the same thing about himself, but like you said, there's a big difference between the two of you. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes this potential fight so intriguing. It would be a true test for both of us, and I believe it would show the world that there's a clear line between professional fighters and those who are just trying to make a name for themselves. Did you catch his fight last month against Tommy Fury? Yeah, I watched it. That was his first loss, and it was a pretty decisive one. You know, I think that fight was a real wake-up call for Jake. Up until that point, he'd had a pretty smooth ride taking on opponents who were either inexperienced or not on his level. But when he faced Tommy Fury, he was up against someone with a legitimate boxing background, and it showed. It definitely did. I think a lot of people were surprised by just how one-sided the fight was. Jake looked out of his depth, and it seemed like he didn't really have a plan for dealing with someone like Tommy. That's the thing, Joe. When you step into the ring with someone who's been doing this for their entire life, you can't just rely on your athletic ability or your size. You need to have the technical skills and the experience to deal with what they're bringing to the table. 
And in that fight, Jake just didn't have it. Yeah, and I, I think that's a big part of why people are so interested in the idea of you fighting him. They want to see if he can bounce back and prove himself against a professional like you or if his loss to Tommy Fury was just the beginning of the end for him. Look, I have no doubt that Jake is going to learn from that loss and come back stronger. He's got a lot of heart, and he's clearly passionate about the sport. But if he thinks he can just walk in there and beat someone like me without putting in the work and really dedicating himself to his craft, he's in for a rude awakening. I know you're someone who speaks a lot about masculinity and the importance of men being men. What are your thoughts on the whole woke movement and the way it's affecting our society? Joe, I'm glad you brought this up, and I'll tell you why. I think this whole woke movement is going way too far. It's like they want to strip away everything that makes men, well, men. Masculinity is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be embraced and celebrated. Um, but these days, people are so scared of offending others that they're, they're willing to suppress their true nature just to fit in. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. It seems like there's this push to make everyone the same. And it's causing a lot of confusion and unnecessary guilt for a lot of people. Exactly. Look, I'm all for equality and treating people with respect, but this whole cancel culture and woke movement is just creating more division and hostility. We need to recognize that there's a difference between men and women, and that's okay. We should be celebrating those differences and embracing what makes us unique. I couldn't agree more. I think there's a lot of value in the traditional masculine roles and traits and I worry that we're losing something important as we try to erase those distinctions. That's why I've been so vocal about this issue, Joe. I want to remind people that it's okay to be a strong, confident man. It's okay to take pride in your achievements and to push yourself to be the best you can be. The world needs strong men just as much as it needs strong women. And we shouldn't be afraid to stand up and say that. Yeah, it's important to find that balance and recognize that there's room for everyone in this world without trying to force people into boxes they don't belong in. You know what, Joe? I believe that the Matrix has already taken over society. It's this system that controls people through schools, the media, and social media platforms. And one of the ways it maintains control is by trying to emasculate men. You're saying like a power play to keep the majority of people under control? Yeah, exactly. Think about it. If you can emasculate men and take away their sense of strength and purpose, they're less likely to stand up and fight against the powers that be it's a way for those at the top to maintain their position and keep the rest of us in line. So, so you're suggesting that this push for political correctness and the demonization of masculinity is actually a deliberate attempt to keep people in check? Absolutely, 100%. When you have a society where people are constantly bombarded with messages telling them how to think and feel, it's easy to lose your sense of self and just go along with the crowd. And if that crowd is being steered toward a more submissive and passive way of thinking, well it's easy to see how that benefits those at the top. That's a pretty dark view of things, but I can see where you're coming from. It's important for people to question what they're being fed and make up their own minds about what's right and wrong. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important for men to embrace their masculinity and not be afraid to stand up for what they believe in. We need more people who are willing to break free from the matrix and challenge the status quo. Mm, yeah. You know, Joe, that was the fucking issue with the whole COVID debacle. People weren't strong enough mentally when they tried to shove mask and vaccine mandates down their throats. A lot of dudes just rolled over, never standing up for themselves or digging into what the hell was really happening. Man, it was such a tough time for everyone and the fear and confusion were off the charts. People just blindly followed whatever they were told and that's a fucking dangerous game. We need men who have the balls to question authority and fight for their rights. That's what true masculinity is about. Yeah. Not just bending over for 
whatever the government or the mainstream media wants you to believe. And look, where is COVID now? Gone. Gone. Completely gone. Disappeared. No one talks about it. Another aspect of the matrix is how schools have become more influential in shaping our kids' minds than their own parents. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Kids spend eight hours a day, five days a week in school. And during that time, they're being fed this leftist bullshit that's seeping into every aspect of their lives. Yeah, it's fucking concerning how much influence schools have over kids these days. It's almost like an indoctrination process. It's exactly like that. Schools should be about teaching kids critical thinking skills and giving them the tools to navigate the world, not just pushing one specific worldview down their throats. When you have kids spending more time at school than with their own fucking families, it's no wonder they end up adopting the beliefs and values that are being pushed on them there. I think one of the main issues is that parents have become so busy with their own lives that they've kind of outsourced the responsibility of raising their kids to schools and other institutions. Yeah, that's true. And while education is important, there's so much that kids need to learn from their parents that can't be taught in a classroom. Absolutely. Parents need to take an active role in their kids' lives and make sure they're instilling the values and principles they believe in. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just leaving it up to the schools. It's a tough fucking battle to fight. But it's necessary if we want to break free from this matrix and start thinking for ourselves again. Another fucking crazy thing happening these days is that you've got teenage girls wanting to become OnlyFans models. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And some parents even encourage that shit. It's like the Western ideology has really dragged these countries down. Yeah, it's pretty wild how that's become a legit aspiration for some young people. That's also why I love living in Romania so much. You can still find these small villages with the most beautiful women who have traditional values. It's a breath of fresh air compared to the bullshit you see in the West. Yeah, and Dubai must be a whole different level with, like, the influence of Islam there. Yeah, in Dubai, you get that luxury lifestyle, but you still have those Islamic values that I really respect. And in Romania, it's like stepping back in time. In a good way, people there still have that sense of community and family that's been lost in a lot of Western countries. I think a lot of people could learn from that approach, especially when it comes to finding a balance between tradition and modernity. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to throw away everything from the past just to embrace the present. There's a lot of wisdom in traditional values and practices that can still serve us well today. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize that before it's too fucking late. So with your massive influence on social media last year and how you've blown up, do you feel a sense of responsibility for the impact you have on young men? Yeah. Who look up to you and follow your every move? Yeah, I do feel a sense of responsibility. I think what I've managed to do is wake up an entire generation of young men who are being left behind. I've given them a sense of purpose in life, promoting a clean lifestyle, working out, not vaping like virgins, not eating garbage food. I put success and competition back into men's priorities. Yeah, that's definitely something that seems to have been lost in recent years. Yeah, it's crazy how modern Hollywood portrays men. They're often shown as bumbling idiots or the incapable ones in the family, while women are depicted as these invincible heroes. It's like they're trying to purposely undermine men. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's important to have balance and recognize that both men and women have their strengths and weaknesses. And what I'm doing is helping to bring that balance back. I want men to feel proud to be men, to strive for success, and to be the best versions of themselves. They don't have to be the fucking losers that Hollywood wants them to be. They can be strong, capable, and successful. Dude, when I'm out in the woods bow hunting with my friends, we sometimes bump into grizzly bears, and let me tell you, you can't be a little bitch in those moments. you got to be ready to face danger. This kind of stuff isn't taught in books or at school. Men need to go through challenging experiences, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So many young guys today can't even handle taking a cold shower, let alone facing a grizzly bear. Have you ever taken an ice bath? Yeah, man, I've done it a few times. It's brutal but effective. 
I just got this this new ice bathtub that goes down to fucking 33 degrees Fahrenheit. It's fucking wild. I've been hopping in before my workouts, and it just gets me all fired up. For your workouts? Yeah. Really, I usually get in sometimes straight after working out. So, turns out, recent studies show it's actually better to take an ice bath before hitting the gym rather than after. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. It cranks up muscle activation and nixes inflammation before you even kick things off. Damn, that sounds intense. I might have to give that a shot next time. This whole thing about men and women being the same, it's nonsense. We have different strengths, different weaknesses, and different roles in society. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it seems like people are focused on trying to make us all the same. There's been this push to try and make men more like women and women more like men, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We're not the same, and that's not a bad thing. Men and women complement each other, and we need to embrace those differences instead of trying to force some sort of artificial equality. Exactly. I think we're better off when we celebrate those differences and support each other instead of trying to turn everyone against each other. Absolutely, Joe. If we can learn to respect and appreciate the differences between men and women, we can create a world where everyone can thrive and succeed. This whole woke ideology is trying to convince people otherwise, but it's just not true. Yeah, and it's like that thing about the issue of transgender athletes in sports. It seems like this is actually impacting women more than anyone else, and it's it's completely contradictory to the original feminist beliefs and what they fight for. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's a fucking paradox, isn't it? On one hand, they're fighting for equal rights and opportunities for women, but then they're allowing biological men who identify as women to compete in women's sports, which can potentially put women at a disadvantage. It's like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Man, it's a tricky situation for sure. And finding a fix that keeps everyone happy isn't easy. We got to be cool and empathetic to trans folks in their battles, but we also need to figure out how to keep things on the level in sports, you know? Absolutely. Nobody wants to take away the rights of transgender people or disrespect them. But there has to be a way to ensure fairness and protect the progress that's been made in women's sports. It's a delicate issue, but we can't just ignore it and pretend everything's fine. It's a conversation that needs to happen, and it's about finding that balance, like you said. Yeah, man, it's just, it's like, it's so complicated. You know, I've got friends who are trans and I totally support them. But when it comes to sports, it's just not, it's not clear cut. Yeah, It's a fucking mess. Uh, Look, I'm all for people doing whatever they want with their lives. But when it starts to infringe on other people's rights and opportunities. Yeah. A buddy of mine, he's got his daughter who's this amazing athlete, right? And she's just crushing it in her sport. And then, you know, someone who's biologically male starts competing and it's like, what the fuck, man? It just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, exactly. It's a tough issue. And it's just, it's like navigating a minefield, you know? Totally. Speaking of crazy shit, have you seen the stuff about AI lately? Like, I just saw this podcast on YouTube called The Joe Rogan AI Experience, and it's a completely AI-generated version of my podcast. It's fucking nuts, man. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen it, but that sounds insane. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, they used my voice and everything, and it's just, it's wild, man. I mean, AI is advancing so fucking fast. Jamie, pull up that episode where the AI Joe Rogan interviews Donald Trump. Let's have a listen. What are the plans to revitalize the economy? And what do you think of what President Biden wow. with this country? <laughs> Dude, so this is fucking bananas. Uh, it's like I'm talking President to myself, Biden but I'm not. Well, and all, it's so spot on. Yeah, that's fucking wild. It's crazy to think that AI can do that now. Like, what's next? Are we all going to be replaced by AI? It's nuts. Like, how do you think this is going to impact society as a whole? I mean, if AI can generate shit like this, what's the future going to look like? Man, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely going to be some serious repercussions. People are going to lose jobs and we're going to have to figure out how to adapt. But there's also uh, potential for some really cool shit to 
come out of it too, you know? With AI like this, it's going to be so fucking easy for people to put me or anyone else in jail again. You know, they can just fabricate evidence, make up some bullshit, and boom, you're locked up. Yeah, that's a scary thought, man. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. I mean, we're going to need some seriously strong lawyers to figure out what's fake from what's real. If we can't even trust what we see and hear anymore, how are we going to know what's the truth? No doubt, man. It's like we're entering a whole new world, and I don't think anyone's really prepared for it. We're just barreling forward, and it's hard to say where it's all going to lead. Yeah, it's definitely a wild ride. But, you know, we just got to adapt and overcome like we always do. That's what being human is all about, right? Speaking of Trump, I got to ask, man, what are your thoughts on him, both as a person and as a president? You know, Trump's a character. He's definitely not your typical politician. Yeah, that's true. I think that's part of what people either loved or hated about him. He's a businessman. He's been in the public eye forever. And he knows how to play the game. Yeah, he certainly does. As a president, I think he shook things up, for better or worse. He wasn't afraid to go against the grain. And that's something I can respect. But, you know, I'm, I'm not really into politics. So I'm not the best person to ask about his policies or anything like that. He was definitely a polarizing figure. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. But it's like, in this day and age, who isn't polarizing? You say one thing that someone doesn't agree with, and suddenly you're the worst person in the world. It's fucking crazy. Has he ever reached out to you? Man, that would be something, wouldn't it? But no, I, I never got a call or anything from Trump. We might have some similarities in how we don't hold back. But I guess we never cross paths in that way. Ah, uh, well, you never know. Maybe one day you'll end up on some golf course together or something. Yeah, who knows? Life has a funny way of putting people together sometimes. Did he ever ask to come on your podcast? You know, he hasn't reached out. But honestly, I haven't been too eager to have him on either. It's just one of those things, you know. But now that there's this AI version of an interview between me and him, I feel like Maybe I'll have to bring him on at some point just to see how the real thing compares to the AI one. That would be interesting. I'm sure it would break the internet. People would go nuts for that. Yeah, maybe. How do you think this AI version of your podcast is going to affect your actual conversations with guests? I don't know. I never really thought about it before. Like if someone's been on the AI version and then you get them on the real show, that's going to be some weird shit, right? Oh man, it's going to be super strange. You know, a buddy of mine was telling me how it might create this weird alternate reality where people are comparing what the AI version said to what the actual person said. It's like, hey, the AI version of you said this. What do you think about that? It's going to be really fucking bizarre. Yeah, no kidding. It's like the AI is creating this whole other universe of conversations and it's just going to keep growing. It's going to be hard to keep up with what's real and what's not, especially for your audience. Exactly. And that's what's so mind boggling about it. I think... We're just at the beginning of this AI revolution, and it's going to get wilder and wilder. Who knows, man? We might have an AI president one day. It's crazy to think about that. It's like something straight out of a sci-fi movie. We're living in the future, and it's equal parts exciting and terrifying. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's wrap this up. Sounds good. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. For me, too. This has been an intense and thought-provoking conversation, man. Thanks for joining me. I know people have been wanting to hear this for a long time, and I'm glad it finally happened. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's been a pleasure. To be honest... The only reason I would ever come back to America was just to come on your podcast because I never want to come back to this country with everything that's happened. I fear getting put in jail or whacked or something, but I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, man. It's been great to have you here. I know a lot of folks have been looking forward to us talking. What do you have going next? Now that we've done this, I'm heading straight back to my jet and flying back to Dubai. America's been fun, but I've got to get the fuck out of here. Do you want to say one last thing before we go? I'll finish with this amazing quote from my father that I live by every day, and I hope that it can spring some life into your listeners. I am sure people who know me know what's coming, but here it is. My unmatched perspicacity coupled with sheer indefatigability makes me a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. 
Here you go. Thanks, man. Safe travels, and thanks again for being here. It's been a great time. Thanks, Joe. It's been great. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.